Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 55. I'm Leo. I'm here joined by Cody. Hey, what's up? And, uh, you know, as we've been recording uh, these intros from our previous guests, maybe even future guests, um, we thought the only intro good enough to introduce our guest today was the intro made by him himself. So if that sounded confusing, it is Gino Told You So Rivera. He is our guest today. He also recorded an intro. So that's what you will be hearing next. What's up, guys? It is the Frank Sinatra of the Spanish Mafia, the Latino Al Pacino, the Puerto Rican Pitbull, Mr. Internationally Known, Gino Rivera. And you are now listening to the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast with Cody and Leo. Welcome, everybody, to the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. I am Leo, and I'm joined by Cody. Today, we have none other than the Puerto Rican Pitbull, Gino. Told you so, Rivera. Gino, how you doing, man? I'm feeling extremely well during these crazy times. I'm happy to be healthy and safe, you know, so... I feel really good, man. I'm excited to do this. Uh, let's get let's get down to it, you know. Nice. Yeah. No, we're we're happy to have you. Like uh, we've had a lot of guests that we didn't know. You know, you've you've crossed paths with or paths with in the past. So, um, you sent us quite a list, and and I gotta say, very professional. And, you know, even though we're unprofessional, but the <laughs> list you sent us was just amazing. Like. It gave yeah. us plenty of stuff to look over, like your whole wrestling history is on there, and, and, and that's awesome. Yeah, man, I'm always prepared, man, you know, so, you know, just make, making sure people know about me, and, um, dude, I just got a lot to talk about, you know what I mean? So I always jot it down, there's everything in that little history bio thing I send is just, man, it's, it's, it's all memories for me that, you know, I want to remember you know, years after my career, I want to be able to go back to a date or a time or look at something rather than, oh, I don't remember that, uh, you know, like a lot of people do. So I jot every special big thing that happens to me. Um, yeah, little or small, it doesn't even matter to you. You know, I, I just make sure that I can always remember it. No, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's awesome, like everything you sent through there. But, you know, for those that maybe aren't familiar with you can you like touch a little bit on you know maybe your upbringing because you sent us that too and it seemed like you had kind of a rough upbringing did some of that lead to to you going into wrestling and stuff like that man um i could just start off by saying uh i had a really tough upbringing i did and uh i was adopted and basically you know um given up my biological mom did not want me she had me at 17 years old, and she just wanted to party. She didn't want to be a mom, so she gave me up for the better. Um, I grew up with a family, you know, that was uh, less fortunate, but made whatever whatever they had, they made up for with just happiness. You know what I mean? Like, uh, 
it, it was just it was hard times that I never knew existed because as a, as a child you don't you don't see the bad you don't see the negative you don't see what you don't have you, you're just a kid you know you grow up and want to watch cartoons and you know play with your friends and um, thankfully my adopted mom she never showed us the hard times the struggle and um, honestly like looking back at it being in my 30s I go how did we survive how did we how did you make it you know what I mean and um, she just did all she could and I'll always be grateful for that but another thing with me it's just like um, just looking back at that I had the best childhood of my life and I can't I can't wrap my head around why uh, it's just I never knew that we were struggling or going through any hard times and that's how great of a mom that my adopted mom was you know what I mean yeah, yeah that's awesome well, it's good that that you fell into that because sometimes, you know, it, it, that's not the case with adoption and stuff like that. So, and, and what is my adopted mom was also adopted, so it's 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 so crazy. You know what I mean? Uh, just she understood, you know, taking me in, and she had five boys of her own, and I'm the youngest boy of uh, six now. You know what I mean? And she just, she's the best ever, man. I, I owe her everything, you know, and she did it by herself. Uh, you know, no dad, um, no husband, nothing. She raised five, six kids on her own and well, I'm forever grateful. You know what I mean? So that's awesome, man. Um, you, you sent it and I've seen it, um, on your social media posts, but like, uh, the, the whole story with, with Miss Truly and stuff like that. And, can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, as you guys know, um, we get older, we get into our teenage years, and uh, we get into some trouble, you know what I mean? And uh, I was one of those guys, man. I was, I was never in a gang. I was just gang-affiliated, meaning I knew all the gangsters. Um, I hung out with them. I went to school with them, you know what I mean? I broke bread with these guys who um, were, were, were drug dealers, were killers, were, you know, just people that do bad stuff and they never influenced me. I always had a good head on my shoulders, but I love to fight. You know what I mean? I had to, I was one of the smallest kids on the block, still am, you know what I mean? And uh, my whole life I've been fighting upward, you know what I mean? Um, meaning I had to prove myself, you know what I'm saying? And how, to, how we did that in our neighborhood was, we didn't have guns, you know what I mean? We scrapped, we fought, we used our hands, you know what I mean? And this is the only way of proving, you know, uh, who's the best, you know what I'm saying? So uh, what happened was uh, I kept fighting every single day, man. And some days I'd get my butt whipped, some days I'd win. Some days, you know, no, nobody would win. And some days we both walked away losers. Um, I just, this one time I got into a scrap with somebody and, uh, you know, I got my butt whipped. I did, you know what I mean? Uh, that man was the better one. Uh, and this lady, man, uh, I never, I never talked to her. I just would see her all the time. And she just got, she just got really, I guess, fed up with all the action and drama that was outside of her house, man. And she came down, this old lady broke up this fight. You know what I'm saying? I was getting my butt whipped. If, if she didn't break up the fight, I don't know what would have happened, but she broke up this fight and she was just like, you know, she, she, she basically disassembled everything. It was like, 
nobody's gonna hit a lady, especially not an old lady. You can kind of listen and kind of whatever. You might talk crap to her, but she kind of, you know, just broke it up and was like, you get out of here, you come here. She was talking to me. And I was, man, I was covered, I was bleeding. Uh, you can see my, well, you guys can't see, but my cheekbones uh, don't really match up, man. Um, they got lifted, one got lifted, so, um, excuse my ugly face. But um, she just wiped the blood from me and she just was talking all this mess to me and I, I didn't want to hear it, you know what I mean? I was just hot. I'm in a fight, man, I got my butt wet, I'm embarrassed, and she was just, she slapped me one good one right across the face and I was like, what the, you know what I mean? And she was just like, you know, you want to fight so bad? You think you're so tough? I, 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 I got something for you, basically. And she wanted to help me fight, but do it on a smarter level and earn some money. She said, the least you could do is try and earn something instead of getting beat up. Why don't you get beat up for some money? You know what I mean? And I was like, who does this lady think she is? You know what I mean? Who, is, who does she think she is? And um, I was like, man, I, I don't want to do I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hear anything. It's like, I know somebody who does professional wrestling, and I was like, I I don't want to do a professional. I'm a street fighter, man. I hang around. You see the people I hang with, you know what I mean? And you just slap me again. And I was like, you, you know, basically, you idiot. You know, I'm, I'm trying to help you. And I would ask this lady, I'm like, why are you trying to help me? What, who are you? Why do you even care, lady? Go back inside your house, man. And uh, you know, and she slapped me again, and she said, you know, because my son died the same way, fight the same stupid thing you're doing. My son died. You know what I'm saying? And I just was like, oh, man, you know, uh, wow. And she's just like, here, take take this money. And I said, I don't, I don't need your money, lady. She's like, take this money and meet me here, 8 p.m., blah, blah, blah. I'm 8 a.m., you know, meet me over here, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, nah, I ain't trying to take this old lady's money. She's already embarrassing me. <laughs> and I already, you know, I already was suckered into it. And I met this lady, you know, met up with this guy, and we, we got to go, and we started training, you know what I mean? Um, and ever since then, it's been on. You know, um, she never really got to see me progress in wrestling, so that one hurts a little bit. Um, really sucks, you know what I mean? I wish she would have been able, able to see my first match. She, didn't, yeah. she, she saved my life. So that's, that's, that's awesome. That is, uh, you know, the way you sent it to us. It's just, it, it's uh, really amazing because it seems like, yeah, like you said, she saved your life, and it seems like wrestling saved your life too. You know, it got you out of that because that's what it was, right? It was it, it the gym or wherever she was taking you was so you could wrestle. Yeah, she she knew a few people she went to school with that had that had a school was training people. And, you know, it just, man, it, it was, if, if you ever believe in a, a guardian angel um, or if people ever die and you ever think that, oh, man, watch over me. You know, this lady, this lady was sent to take care of me specifically. You know what I mean? So yeah, someone always chokes me up a little bit. Well, you know, it 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 got you where you're at today. So it's good that she came to your life. Um, I see on here that you went to Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Joey Chaos, uh, the XPW Asylum, like those guys. They, I I didn't know who they were. You know what I mean? And they took me in. They gave me the tools and the fundamentals and made this little 100-pound kid just a killer, more of a killer than I could ever be. You know what I mean? And um, it was off to the woodshed from there, man. They just they let me do my thing. And uh, they gave me the moniker, the pit bull, because I was so 
aggressive. You know what I mean? I was, I was a rookie. I was a natural, and I was just really aggressive. I love to wrestle. I love to fight on the ground. I love to put you in holds and locks and just. I was a dog, man. I'm still a dog, you know. But <laughs> that that moniker, um, Puerto Rican pitbull. Right on. So, what are some of your influences? Like, who, who do you try to take uh, as far of a style? Because, uh, as you mentioned, you know, you're 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 a buck sixty five. You're on the shorter side, but yeah. you got this demeanor, right? Like you said, like a pit bull when you go to the ring and stuff like that. So, who do you try to model yourself after? Man, uh, as far as like workers, I watch a lot of uh, Japan, uh, a lot of Japanese wrestling. I love Shibata, you know, Takahashi and. Um, just a lot of those guys, a lot of the junior, uh, junior division, like they're just, they're small guys and they're just getting to it. There's no storylines. It's just, we're fighting, you know what I mean? And, and some of these guys look like they'll fight you to the death, you know? And I just, I love it. I love every single, uh, bit of it. Rocky Romero, just all of those guys. Uh, before then, when I was a kid, I used to watch WCW, um, world championship wrestling and, at the time, the cruiserweight division was just popping. It was just going. And I was just so fascinated by all the guys because I was like, I know they're little on TV, but they also look little in general. And I was like, I could do all that. I could flip. I could, I could do all that cool little technical stuff at the time. I didn't know what it was, but I was like, I can do it. And some of those guys were like Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Sikosis, Silver King, Super Carlo. Juventud Guerrero, you know, it, the list goes on. And um, I, I started off doing stuff like that, you know, doing the high flyer stuff. And, you know, some injuries got me down where I had to be smart about how I wrestle in the ring. So I looked to uh, some of, you know, the Japanese style uh, to really perfect my craft, you know, rather than do more high flying stuff that would potentially shorten my career. <laughs> Yeah, so some of the recent matches that I've seen, like I, I was just gonna touch on that. It doesn't look like you do a lot of that high flying stuff anymore. You're you're kind of more of a, a brawler and yeah. and and smart about how you go about things in the ring. You play to the crowd a lot and stuff like that. Yes, yes, I've learned over time uh, through injury. <laughs> like you know, all that's fun. It looks great, man. You know what I mean? But. Um, Later in your career, you're going to have to start slowing it down. And I totally understand that. And I've saved years on my career, not being lazy, but be, by being smart and kind of uh, playing to the crowd. You know what I mean? Kind of fighting with my, my hands and my feet rather than doing a triple moonsault off the top rope into the crowd and potentially hitting nobody and landing on a concrete crack in my head. Gosh, uh, I'd rather punch you in the mouth. You know what I mean? That's pretty much my style now yeah well going back to santino brothers training um they've turned out quite the crop of some good talent um who was some of the guys you were in your training school with you so that guys, have went on to continue like you have so guys uh in 2008 uh santino bros was established i was part of the first and second class uh there wasn't enough for both classes so they merged us and I became one of the first graduates from Santino Bros Wrestling Academy okay. in um, Bell Gardens, California, ran by Joey Chaos. And um, I was trained by Supreme of XBW, uh, the exotic, uh, sorry, I can't really say it, but uh, Angel Exotico. 
Um, I was trained by Robbie Phoenix, a lot of guys like that. And they would come in. Oh, Steve Payne as well. Um, they would come in and be trained on the weekends. And part of the guys that were in those classes with me was um, guys like Famous B, uh, who was in Lucha Underground. Um, guys like Ray Rosas, who's in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Pinky, who's a giant dude, you know, in the California. Thunder Kitty, who's down somewhere in the South wrestling. Uh, Lucha Machine, who doesn't wrestle. There, there, there's just a lot of talent that came through. But right now, still going, I'd say um, me, Mariah, Ray, and Famous B, and Pinky are the only ones still going 11 years strong. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but since we're talking about the school, you have your own school as well, don't you? I do. Yes, I do. It's called OTR Off the Ropes in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And um, how I started that was I kept, you know, I moved to the city. Uh, I was looking to buy a house, get away from everybody. You know what I mean? I wanted to be kind of just on my own. And a uh, few people that saw me wrestle here live in the state of New Mexico. You know, there's people that I want to be a wrestler. I just don't know where to go. I don't know who to contact. I don't know what to do. Or like, how do you even become a, prof- a professional wrestler? Um, I've always been told, you know, okay, if I want to be, I don't know, a stunt guy, there's a stunt school. You know what I mean? If I want to be in cosmetology, there's, a, there's pe- people and places that you can go to do hair and makeup and all that. But as far as wrestling... Where do you even like? What do you look up? How do you how do you get into it? It's always been this quiet thing. They don't really let people in. It's always been like, no, no. If they if they're not part of the business, coming up as a kid, as a baby, we don't let them in. But there was guys here and girls too that were like, I want to be a wrestler. Can you help me? And I said, absolutely. You know what I mean? I never thought of training people ten years into my 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 wrestling career, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it a go. I'm gonna see how it works and. Um, I brought out at least, I think it was like almost 10 different uh, students. And it's a survival of the fittest, man. If, if you can't handle, if you can't handle that first bump, that is all I need to know. Because that your eyes, your, your mouth will tell me. And some of those guys don't come back. You know what I mean? Wrestling isn't for everybody. It's not ballet. It doesn't owe you anything. Um, and my guys know that. My students know that too. So, um, yeah. So I got a few, uh, few of them out there that I let loose to the world. And they're doing their thing. They're happy, they're content, and they're hungry. That's good. So that's something you're, you know, hopefully when this whole pandemic thing dies down, it's something you're going to continue to do, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, uh, man, it's been a rough three months. Um, it's hard on me. It's hard on my students because we want to be in that ring. We love this, you know what I mean? And being able, not being able to uh, step into a ring is just like, seeing your favorite food and somebody throwing it in the trash. And I wanted that, you know what I mean? Like we, we love this business and we want to train every day if we could. And now we've got somewhat of a hurdle to get over. And, you know, this one's pretty big to get over, but we will get over it. And I'm excited to be back as soon as all the the limitations are lifted and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, you guys can, you know, check it out. OTR, there's a site. You guys can check out, and if you guys are in the Southwest area, I've got guys that wanted to come down from Texas, Colorado, and Arizona just to be trained by me, and I welcome all parties. Um, you can stay with me. I can help train you. 
I don't mind. And what's funny is, guys, I never really wanted to be a trainer. I just fell into it, and um, I thought I was going to wrestle forever. And this is just something new that I, I – now it's a hobby. I'm like, I like doing this. I love it. So that's uh, – it's pretty fun doing that. That's awesome. It's got to be – it's got to feel good, right, like seeing your students go out there and be successful too. Yes. It's, it's – I guess it's like the same feeling – my trainers got, you know, where it's like you go into a ring and they're just like, oh, please don't, please don't trip, please don't fall, please don't do this. And then I watch my guys and I'm just like, all right, you know what I mean? You know, I don't put too much pressure on my guys. They know. I don't yell at them. I don't, I don't do anything crazy. I just expect a certain um, way of performing and mm -hmm. also playing to the crowd. I'm a big guy of, you know, you got to make that fan want to come back and I, I expect you to go out there and not just be you know uh, uh, just a silent stick in the ring and, and ignore the crowd because these guys pay their hard-earned money to see you they want to boo they want to cheer you need to give them something in response something that they can remember because I was one of those guys in the crowd and I remember you know a certain few times where a wrestler would point me out and I was like did you see that guys he's looking at me he told me to shut up, you know, and, you know, you've all, you, that's what starts a, a whole lifetime of being a fan, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So speaking of that, like within doing our research and um, scouring through your YouTube page that you put a lot of content up on and then just generally searching you out, um, I didn't come any, come across anything stating that you've ever really been a baby face since your whole wrestling career is that did i miss something or is that it always seems like you've uh you have the art of getting under the crowd's skin yeah yeah so with that being said um guys i was a baby face for one year out of my 11 year career and that was my first year and um i i enjoyed it i thought i was doing okay until I, I had an accident, I got a concussion in the ring, took off my mask, and I didn't know what was going on. And I just remember my trainers going, what are you doing? No, put the mask back on. They covered me with towels, and I was like, what happened? What, what happened? Where am I? I didn't know who I was, where I was, what I was doing, why I was wearing spandex and boots. I didn't know anything. Um, and that kind of ended my whole babyface run. Um, I came back with a vengeance, kind of like, you know what I mean? When I was hurt, none of you guys cared. You guys never sent me Christmas cards. You guys never checked up on me. You know what I mean? My school abandoned me. My friends abandoned me. My family didn't come to see me. You know what I mean? And now I'm, I'm coming back and I'm angry. I'm pissed off at the world. And I've been pissed off for about 10 years now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. Uh, I do the whole baby face thing. Like there's, little spots and shows and stuff like that where I'll, I'll pull the baby face run. But uh, a lot of people just, they rather see me be me. And um, the baby face thing doesn't really work for me. Um, it's just something that people just kind of go, that's weird. Why are you doing that? We don't know that guy. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. So in my first year, I was a baby face. Yeah. So watching your stuff, we, we noticed like, how you play to the crown, how you play to the crowd. And, um, like you just got that heat, like you got that charisma, 
to where you know you're doing your job right because people are booing you and they're cheering the other guy. And then you do your your move like, uh, let's see, the the cartwheel where the cartwheel of doom where you yeah. do your cartwheel and you just poke them in the eyes. Yes, yes. They uh, A lot of people think uh, something big is going to come from that. And when you go and, you know, poke somebody in the eyes, that gets anybody mad. You know, if I walk mm-hmm. into you and poked you in the eyeballs, you'd be, what the hell? First words out of your mouth, right? Yeah. You know, being in the ring, you know, you're kicking your opponent's butt and you go to the ropes and they think, oh, he's going to do some suicide dive or he's going to do a cannonball. And, oh, what the hell was that? That pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 make, it makes anybody mad. You know what I mean? So it always works. Good reaction. Another thing we noticed was the promo skills. Like, if we had to rank you from one to 10, I'd give you a. Like, I would have to go higher. Like, oh. like I was telling you the other day with the EJ Sparks, where yeah. you guys were having that face-to-face of championship wrestling from Arizona, and yeah. you're just, yeah. Yeah. Man. Promo skills off the hook. I, I thought I was, like, the worst at promos. Like, I have stuff on my YouTube page. If you scroll through 600 different videos that I have on there, plus, um, there's some video of me cutting a promo very early in my career and it was terrible it i i can't even stomach and watch it now but um how i got so good at promos man is i'm a natural heel man i like to talk smack um you play basketball i'm one of those guys that are like you know what i mean is that all you got oh brick oh you damn that was terrible are you gonna dribble the ball like that in front of your girl oh your mom was watching watch me you know juke you real quick I'm one of those guys. I'm a good talk, uh, smack talker. You know what I mean? Uh, we play video games. I'm talking smack. Ooh, you like that, huh? You like that. You know, I just love talking smack. And I just remember um, in training, our, our trainer, Chaos, he'd be like, you know, we'd be stretching. And we'd be in a circle. And he'd be like, all right, Seville, you know, whatever I was at the time, cut a promo. And I'm like, on the spot? About what? On the spot? And I would choke. You know, I wasn't ready. I, I didn't know how to cut a promo. You know what I mean? And... Over time, I just started doing it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to set this camera up. I'm going to just talk. You know what I mean? And I developed this chip on my shoulder and this, you know, this Broad Street bully, this Puerto Rican, this loud mouth. You know, we all know this little, we all know little guys that think they're, they're seven feet tall. I and mean, they call that little man syndrome, right? Um, and, you know, oh, man, if I had that guy for five minutes, I'd whip his butt. Well, that's what I base my character on. I'm loud. I'm like, what are you going to do? You ain't going to do nothing. You know what I mean? And I think I'm this and that. And that's what it's about. You know, I just, even with my students, I tell them, you know, we all stretch and we do the same thing. I'm like, cut a promo. Here's the scene. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, your partner just turned your back on you. You know, they rammed your head through a, a mirror, a, a, you know, barbershop mirror. Tell me how you feel. You know, I put little kind of little uh, problems for them to get themselves out of. And it always works. And each and every one of my students, they love it because it's so fun to do. It's, it's, I don't know why more people don't do that. And I love public speaking. I went to college uh, for communications, man. And I didn't finish, but I was trying to jump on the news stations. I was trying to do radio. Uh, anything that were, I could perfect my craft as a talker to go to, you know, a big company somewhere and go, Hey, I used to cut a promo about what? Tell me, you know what I mean? So, um, I just love, I love promos. I love talking. I love getting people mad. I like people not knowing, damn, 
does he really mean that or is he just being Gino? You know what I mean? I don't want I, I don't want there to be a separation of lines. I want people to really really feel what I say. You know what I mean? Do you ever get any heat from from some of the boys? Because you you seem like one of those that you could be put on the spot, like you said, especially now in your career, yeah. and kind of like go there and, and do a promo. And there are people that when it comes to it, and and you know probably inexperienced people too, that when you guys are going back and forth on something, they could stumble or look bad, even though they weren't supposed to. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Believe it or not, man. I'm one of the most hated wrestlers uh, on the West Coast and the Southwest. And it's nothing that I did to anybody personally. It's just when it's go time from being in the ring to on the mic, I go hard. Um, this, isn't, this isn't fun for me. It's, it's, this is serious. Like, I take it too seriously. And I want to be the best. You know what I mean? I want people to go, damn, do you see that Gino promo? You know what I mean? Like, that was that was legit. That was dope. You know what I mean. And if we're ever in a ring together, I'm gonna try my best to go and make sure people remember me and what I say and the little slogans and the the facial expressions and the way I move my hand, the way I tilt my head a little bit to say something. You know, one of my favorite promos was I was in the ring with EJ and we were sitting down and I threw coffee in his face. Um, you know, uh, and just everything I did just pissed people off. You know what I mean. Even the people in the back, the producers producing the show, they were like, hey, what the hell was that, man? You know what I mean? And I, I like I like that. Um, so again, yes, I do I do test the boys a little bit because they don't know they don't know if I really feel that way. They don't know if I'm really saying things from my heart or if it's just character based. And, you know, Stone Cold said it best, man. You know, sometimes you guys, you know, you get you get the three, right? You get the four. And you turn it up to 11, man. And part of that is his personality. And part of that is my personality as well. You know what I mean? Like, I'm loud. I like, to, I like to dig in some guts. I like to get under your skin. I like to make sure that when I get to a venue, the fans are already trash-talking me when I'm walking in. And as soon as they hear my music play and they see me, they, they either want to riot or they want to fight me, which I'd say 90% of the time it always happens. I'm used to it, so I love it. Yeah, so I've seen, you know, you come down to the ring ripping up fan signs and stuff, just like instant heat, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, some, of the, <laughs> some of the stuff I've seen, too, it, it just seems like you're, you're uh, TV ready, like the, the independent stuff. And what I mean by that is, is you have indie wrestlers that come, and they're, they're strictly moves. Um, they, they put on hell of a matches. They do awesome stuff like that. But the way you do it is you make sure the crowd's involved, you talk your trash, you know, like you say, you, you focus on that atmosphere that's there. Yes, yes. Part of that, dude, I got that from, I just have to shout out David Marquez, uh, who runs Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Championship Wrestling from Arizona. Um, that guy put me on TV, and um, he taught me how to do TV. Oh, I can't forget. Uh, Peter Avalon of AV, uh, AEW, um, those guys taught me TV. They taught me camera work, facials, where to go, where to be at the right time, how to look at a camera, how to hold the microphone, never give the camera your back because you guys can't see, but I'm circling my face with my right hand and I'm doing it in circles and I go, this is your moneymaker right here. This is your moneymaker. I can't make money off of 
you know, your back or, you know, you looking the other way. I need to see your facials. I need to, when you say something, I need to see that face. You know what I mean? And that's what, you know, a lot of big companies do. You ever see Randy Orton do something, they focus straight to his face. You know what I mean? Because he tells a story with his face. He doesn't have to say, I'm mad. Watch this. It's just, uh-oh, he's about to do something bad. And that's what I've taken, you know, I'm, my facials, I, I, I've been complimented by so many great talent, uh, big mainstream and um, on the uh, indies about my facials and what I do in the ring. It's just a huge compliment. So I've been doing this TV thing my way and it always works. You know what I mean? Uh, I leave safe. I arrive safe. My body feels good and I didn't have to, you know, kill myself and work too hard. Uh, I'm working hard, but I'm not working too hard where I, oh, I got to take a month off. I can't wrestle. It's shoot, let's do it again. You know, my style is TV. I wrestle as a TV wrestler. You know what I mean? But a lot of, like you said, a lot of people don't really understand that. You know, there's a lot of independent guys that just go in there and spot, 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 spot. And I used to be that guy. You know what I mean? But um, I found a better style that suits my style. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, fans probably resonate with that more. You know, I'm sure they remember some cool spots and matches, but when it's just like you said, spot, 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 that just becomes kind of the norm. So when you stand out, you come out, you do this, you involve the crowd, people remember that. Oh yeah, dude. Especially like when I'm going to, you know, when I'm going to hit my finisher, which is called the Brooklyn stomp and I go up and it takes me, you know, it takes me about five to six seconds to get up. And why I do that is so the crowd kind of is, they're screaming at my opponent, watch out, get up. Watch out, he's coming. He's no, don't do it, don't do it. Oh my gosh, what is he doing? What is he doing? And I'm up and I put my hands up, you know what I mean? And then I look at them both ways. I look left to right and I say, Yeah, it's time. And I jump off the ropes as high as I can. And I send both of my heels into their sternum, into their their, their rib cage, wherever. You know what I mean? It just it gives them uh uh the crowd a no 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 no. Oh man, I hate that guy. Oh, one, two. Three. Oh, yeah. That guy sucks, man. I really, I, oh, I can't believe you beat my favorite wrestler. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rather than just getting up to the ring, boom, stomp. They didn't even get to, they didn't get a chance to react. You got to give your, your, uh, your opponent time to sell, your fans enough time to warn them. Watch out, the clothesline's coming. Oh, no, he has, he has powder in his hands. Watch out. You know what I mean? And, you know, the other wrestler kind of turned around like, what's going on? What's going, what, what? And it makes the crowd get louder. I have a really good match with uh, with EJ Sparks again. That you know what I mean. Just based on how he was reacting to what I did in the ring, it made me even more bigger than it, than I than I really was. And it was just the fans made that match. You know what I mean. If we're in a in a room with no fans, it would have been okay. But just because the fans were there and how they were reacting, uh, it was the greatest. You know. Fair enough. So with the TV, since we're kind of on the TV aspect of things, uh, does does having the resume of championship wrestling with Dave Marquez and the other TV stuff that you've done, did that make it easier to get in to do extra work for WWE and to something we haven't touched on yet, but the 205 Live uh, spot? Um, you could say they gave me that ladder to climb up on, 
David Marquez definitely gets all that credit. Mick Greenwood, Peter Avalon, a lot of those guys, uh, the whole staff, they gave me that ladder to climb up on. But a lot of those opportunities were presented because I kept post, uh, kept posting my promos. Um, I like to I like to talk uh, again. I can't say it enough. I kept posting and just you know different scenes, different stories, you know different places and uh, different topics. And I kept posting all these promos. And uh, sure enough, I was contacted. And I was like, man, you're pretty good. Like. You know, I'd love to see what you can do in person, you know, and I, I just, it took a few people noticing what I was doing to contact me and to send me in the right places. And, you know, like you said, uh, I've been presented with great spots and um, opportunities along the years with uh, the WWE. And um, I'm hoping to one day, I don't know, find, find a seat in a locker room and be under contract. So it, it seems like with, with a lot of these companies like CWFA, DWO, CLW, um, uh, you've been able to hold championships there. You know, and I'm sure there's countless others. And they've trusted you with major championships. You've gone against some of those stars that they bring in, right? Some of those more well-known people. And you've had programs with them. So uh, you mentioned you you got you know some heat or you're one of the most disliked wrestlers, but they also gotta trust you, right? I'm sure they trust you if they're like, well, we're gonna put you with Killer Cross and Tessa Blanchard. You're gonna share the ring with Mick Foley, like all that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Part of them uh, trusting me is knowing the professional I am, um, the resume I have the backers that I have, you know, just because I'm the most, I'm one of the most hated wrestlers on the coast, two different coasts, um, doesn't mean that there aren't higher ups that hate me as well. Um, there are guys in the mainstream and on the industry that are pushing and encouraging it. Like keep doing it, kid. Keep being you. Don't stop what you're doing. Screw them. Get them mad. That's what I like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause um, I've always been independent. I've always rolled alone. I'm solo. Um, I don't really have a lot of friends in this business. Uh, um, you know, if, if I was to die tomorrow, I don't know how many people would say good things about me. Um, but that's fine, you know. But uh, as far as just like, I don't know, uh, working with all these talents like Chris Masters, Darby Allen, Darren Young, Mick Foley, uh, uh, Johnny Jeter of the Spirit Squad, Tessa Blanchard, just a lot of Shelly Martinez, Brian Kendrick. I've worked with countless guys, and they the, each company will trust me with their talent because they know I was trained from an elite school of Santino Bros. I have a good backstage and locker room etiquette as far as being respectful and humble with myself and how I carry myself. And um, they just trust me. They know I can get the job done. They know I can get the crowd up. They know I can give them a feeling, a rush, you know, something to cheer and, and, and scream and boo about, you know, they trust me. Look guys, it took me 10 years to get my first championship ever. A lot of guys walk into this business. I saw something the other week. A guy was like, I'm four months in, I got a title. And I'm like, wow, isn't that nice? Because it took me 10 years to get <laughs> one guy to go, that's my guy. I want I want this guy as my champion. Let's figure out how to get him, you know, in the, in the, in the title uh, picture. And it, like I said, 10 years to get my title. I won my first title with David Marquez and championship wrestling from Arizona and Phoenix. 
Uh, funny story, Alberto, uh, Alberto Del Rio and Killer Cross were the main event. Alberto Del Rio didn't show. Killer Cross helped me win my first title. And um, I've held the championship since 2017, nonstop till this year. I'm still the champ, you know, um, countless others. I haven't, there's had, there hasn't been a week, a day, uh, a year since then that I haven't been a champion. So um, just being, just doing what I'm doing and the character and the person I am, it, it's, it's done me a lot of favors and wonders and I'm forever grateful for that. So before we get a little further into this, I just want to say like, uh, and, you, and you can tell me your thoughts on it, um, how you say, uh, you know, the way you approach things and how people might dislike it or this, this and that. It, it just from the outside looking in, you know, as a fan, it feels like everybody's just too nice. You know, like people aren't, aren't, it's all, it's all for the boys. Like, Oh, as long as, as the boys are, are cool. And as long as I got a spot on the card, like they're not hungry, like performers used to be in my opinion. And it seems like you're, you're old school in that way. Yeah, man. As, as much as I'm a nice guy, um, my real name's my real name's Seville, okay, and I'm a nice guy as far as Seville is. But when Gino's on, Gino's greedy. Gino is selfish. Gino is a one-man person. I want the spotlight only with me. I've been in tag teams and it's never worked because I was just too much. You know what I mean? And I want to be at the very top of this business. Um, I want I I want I want it all. You know, and a lot of guys. They're afraid to get the crowd riled up. They're afraid to, to hurt some feelings. They're afraid to say something on the microphone that might, you know, get them some heat or have some flames on their feet when they walk around. You know what I mean? For me, I don't fear that. You know what I mean? I don't care about hurting your feelings. I don't care if you're a bodybuilder. I don't care if you're a cruiserweight. I don't care if you're male, female. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm a wrestler first. I'm Gino Rivera. I'm here to hurt feelings. I'm here to get to the top, and I will... I will walk over you to do that. You know what I mean? If, if there's a bear behind us chasing us, you know what I mean? I will trip you and let that bear get you. And I will keep running because that's how much of a savage I am. Oh, that was awesome. You know, and what's great about that is you're honest about it. It's like, <laughs> look, like, I'm like honest. I'm getting to the top. You know what I mean? Like, yes. if I got to go over you, I got to go over you. Yes. And, and that's the thing is, like you said, a lot of guys are like, well, you know, I could have this opportunity to pour, perform on a, on a big stage, but if you can't hire me, you know, you can't hire my friend, I, you, can't, you can't have me. And they go, that's fine, bye. I'm the guy who will, no, don't worry about him. He'll find his way on his own. You can hire me right now. I want this opportunity. <laughs> Screw this guy. I'm better than him. You know what I mean? This guy doesn't have what I have. You know what I mean? And, and it's not so much burying the other guy. It's, look, man, I'm not in this business to be anybody's friend. I'm here to make money. I'm here to make uh, an impression. I'm here to get to the top. And a lot of the, a lot of the top guys, they, they never cared about, you know, friends. What about me? What about my buddy? What about my girlfriend? What about my wife? What about this? No, I don't have, I don't have none of that. I'm, I'm worried about, you know, me, taking care of me and getting to the top and getting to where I need to be. Guys like Shawn Michaels, notorious for taking care of himself. You know what I mean? Guys like Hulk Hogan, notorious for taking care of himself. Ric Flair, these guys, they did what they had to do to get to the top. And I am one of those type of guys. I will do what I gotta do to get to the top. 
I will step on you. I will trip you. I will bite you. I will push you off the edge of the building. I will do whatever I got to do. That's how ruthless I am. That's Gino. That's awesome. Yeah. Can't you don't say it any better than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's what I said. At least you're honest about it. So, Tell people, I'm like, you don't want to be my friend. <laughs> Uh, you've, you've worked, as we mentioned, you've worked with some, some great international talent, a lot that's signed to big companies now. Um, how, how is that? And like, uh, any, any one of them that not necessarily starstruck you, but it was like, man, like I'm getting this opportunity. I'm gonna make the most of it. Like someone that you enjoyed working with or, or you got a lot out of. Yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and shout out Darren Young, who's, uh, you know, a few friends in this business. Darren Young, I, I'll consider him a friend, even though he knows how I get down. He knows my tactics. Um, Darren Young was somebody who just, uh, he helped me so much in the ring. I have a really funny story to tell you before I get into it. Um, I was working him at a show, and he was just in the corner. And he's, his eyes are going left to right, left to right. And he's like really like psyching himself out. And I'm walking around and I'm like, look at him. I got him. Look at him. Look how scared he is. He's scared to get in the ring with me. Look at him. He's nervous. I ain't nervous. I do this all the time. This is what I do. This is who I am. I am wrestling. Look at Darren Young. He worked for the WWE. He's scared. Look at his eyeballs. And I'm looking at him, right? And I'm like, you ready? I'm ready. We go out there. This dude busts my ass, kicks my ass. I'm tired. I can, I can barely stand to get up on the top ropes. My legs are spaghetti. And um, I did pick up the victory on that one, but I'll never forget that of how hard he pushed and worked me. And he also worked me uh, with his facial expressions. And I'll never forget that. So every time I see him, I'm like, that face, that's all That's all a fraud right there. He's just trying to psych you out because I, I was psyched out by that. I thought, you know, I, I was I was on top of my game, and I really wasn't because he was. But stuff like that, like Darren Young, I had so much fun working with him. Um, guys like Grand Madalik, uh, Grand Madalik, who barely knew uh, very little English, and man, that guy he pushed me very hard. Uh, guys like Darby Allen, who wanted me to kill him in the ring. You know what I mean? He was just he's like, let's go, and and definitely I hit him with a. Uh, Death Valley driver into the corner and almost kill that man and have to check on him like are you okay? are, are you good you know what I mean and he was he was good so just those three that stick out in my head um, as far as like big talent international talent um, people that talent talent that people know those guys are the ones that stick out the most you know yeah so you've also had a lot and it's been touched on briefly but you've had a lot of uh extra work in the wwe a lot of it yes um i'm gonna tell you the one that was my favorite because it's like that's gino like he's not he's not playing a security guard he's not playing anything yeah um i think it was riddick moss i cody and i were talking about it earlier he's like working out cutting a promo in the hallway and you're standing behind him taking selfies of yourself in the suit (laughs) No, uh, Tony Nese, Tony Nese. Tony Nese, yeah. They do look, yeah. They do look the same. But yes, yes. Um, I was actually on my way to the bathroom, and I bumped into this guy, and he's like, who are you? And I was like, extra cow. You know, whatever. Like, you, I didn't know where I was. And I was like, they're about to kick me out of the building for using the bathroom. Damn, you know. 
And we walked into this hallway, walked into this room, and it was a media room, and did whatever we had to do. And of course, I had to be myself, Gino, and do my selfies because I love, I'm very photogenic. I love taking pictures, and I was just, you know, we did business there, and I'll never forget that. And that that was probably one of the funnest little extra clips or spots that I had. I mean, that one I love. Yeah, and, and we also seen like, you know, when you walk Goldberg to the ring, was that was that uh, like a big deal for you? Because you know, you grew up, you're the same age as I am. You yeah. grew up watching these guys as a kid. That that was Goldberg was huge in '97, uh, '98. Um, you know, going forward, uh, of course, you know, I was I was a kid, man. I did the whole Goldberg chanting. I had the figures. I had the T-shirt. I had a little Sharpie where I did the little horrible armband that, you know, we all see today. And uh, I was a fan of Goldberg. It's not a big fan, but I was a fan of his. And seeing him years later face-to-face with him, and I'm like, wow, this is, this is legit. This is, this is Bill Goldberg. Wow. I, you know, I watched him on TV, and now I'm standing right in front of him. It was okay. I didn't really get starstruck on that. The funny thing that I had was I wrestled Gilbert two weeks before and I lost to Gilbert with a jackhammer and a spear. I lost my title. And then two weeks later, I get contacted for the spot. And I'm working with Bill Goldberg. And that was what was in my head. I was just like, how freaking crazy is this that <laughs> I just wrestled Gilbert? And now two weeks later, I'm walking Goldberg to the ring in an iconic little walk that he has. I'm, you know, we've all watched it. And that walk that he takes to the ring is iconic. We all know, oh, Goldberg's coming, you know, and I got yep. to be part of that walk forever etched in stone. But it was just more, <laughs> I was just, I wanted to laugh. I wanted to smile because I was like, I just wrestled Gilbert. Now I'm here with Goldberg. How crazy. Life is, life is so funny sometimes, you know? Yeah. And and while we seen that match, or I seen that match, it was uh, for CLW, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually really, I was actually really hurt that match, and I was limited to what I could do. Gilbert was the perfect opponent, <laughs> and hey, man, did business, and that was the last time you ever see me at CLW. So there you go. So with CLW, uh, you mentioned you're not with them anymore, and we don't need to dive into that. But you did get uh, um, in the ring with bigger names there right like that's where we've seen a lot of the stuff there so that's where i broke bread man uh clw uh we had a bit of a bad falling out in january where i don't work there anymore i left the company quietly but um the owner had a lot of faith in me and loved how ruthless i was you know what i mean i had some ruthless aggression i guess you could say (laughs) and um he trusted me with all of his talents. You know, I could take care of these guys and I wouldn't go out there and embarrass the company, hurt these guys, and I could do good business. And that's, I'll be forever grateful of everything CLW has ever done for me because um, Santino Bros made me. Uh, uh, David Marquez gave me the fundamentals to, to do TV. And uh, CLW gave me that big superstar push that I needed to show other people in the business that, hey, this kid can go with mainstream stars. He can go. And now I have all these backers from Chris Masters to Darren Young, 
you know what I mean? So Mick Foley, everybody backing me up saying, this kid's good. Try him out. Get a look at him. Go look at him. Take a look at him. You know what I mean? From Killer Cross and just te uh, Tessa Blanchard, just everybody. I have a lot of people just that will, you know, if they see me in the hallway, I go, hey, I remember you. Yeah. Hey, hey, take a look at this kid. You know what I mean? So it's, it's helped me so much and I'm forever grateful of CLW. That's awesome. So where do you, where are you calling home now then? Um, uh, right now I am homeless. <laughs> um, I, I'm just, honestly, I'm back in the Lucha scene. Um, I'm working down in El Paso, Texas and um, a lot of, like in Amarillo. I, I moved, what I do is I like to jump in one state and I stay there. And once I get hot, I move to another state. You know what I mean? And I've always been told that. Leave them wanting more rather than, ah, we're sick of this guy. You know what I mean? So once I get hot in a state, I leave. You know what I mean? Like California, I did everything I could do in Cali. I left Cali for New Mexico. I did everything I could in New Mexico. I went to Arizona. Did everything I could in Arizona. You know, now I'm making my ways down to Colorado and Texas and Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going down to Arkansas, uh, Illinois, just everywhere. Florida. I wrestled in Hawaii. Like, I'm just anywhere that, that will, anybody that will see what I can do in the ring that wants to take me, you know, I do that. If I spend some time with you, I call it home, but it's uh, every, every place is temporary because um, I like just being a freelancer. I like going anywhere I want to. You know what I mean? Um, I was going to say with, uh, with this whole pandemic thing going on, I'm sure you had some bookings that maybe either got canceled or postponed. Gosh, yeah. What uh, were some of the some of the places that you were gonna be at? I was gonna go to Florida. I was gonna go back to Hawaii. I had so many dates in California. I had some big stuff going on in Arizona that was supposed to happen. Um, I'm still hoping my Texas and my Colorado dates are gonna be okay. But dude, I had to cancel things all the way down to August uh, of 2020, and this was in early March when everything was happening, like. February or whatever I don't know what it was and I had to refund my uh, promoters money I had to put flights on uh, on credit you know what I mean so I don't lose out on that because it's like if you don't use your flight you know oh well you know so I had to like save a flight for later give people back their money I'm still holding on to promoters uh, a lot of flyers being canceled and postponed and it sucks because I can't leave the state you know what I mean we can't even drive out of the state because there's there's policemen, you know, pulling people over, like, what are you doing? Who are you? Oh, I'm Gina Rivera. Who the hell is Gina? You know, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Um, I've definitely hurt and I've, I've taken uh, a lot of abuse because of this coronavirus, man. But I'm thankful for my health. My school had to be shut down because of all this. My students lost their jobs. Uh, I have a few friends in the business that are, are struggling. You know, um, this, this virus really sucks, man. You know what's shitty about it is it, it it all like it was ramping up right, but out of nowhere everything gets shut down. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Cody and I we we live in Idaho. We drove down to see AEW Dynamite in Salt Lake City. Yeah, that was the last one that had a crowd. Oh my gosh! So we went to that. We got out of that one on our way home. NBA shut down. That was it. Like that was the last show that had a crowd, and it's just so crazy. Like, yeah, uh, you know, knowing that we were there for that, and 
if we would have known, like, this is it, like, who knows how long till we get to go see a wrestling show again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was actually in Denver for AEW, too, and that was the last crowd or the last show I was at. You know, I was actually working as an extra talent there. Um, and I also got accepted and asked to do another show in Albuquerque in May. And it's almost May next month, you know, in a few weeks or whatever. And just kind of sucks because I would have probably had an opportunity to showcase what I could have done in AEW. There's a lot of my friends that are getting opportunities, and I know I would have been one. And because of this virus, they aren't traveling to my side of the town or my, my side of the country right now. So it does suck, man. I've taken a lot of, a lot of flack for this freaking stupid coronavirus. I just hope it's done and over with ASAP because I'm ready to wrestle. I'm, I'm, I'm beating up my neighbors. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm dying. I'm itching. I, I can't watch any more network. You know what I mean? I've watched YouTube videos of the yin yang. I've cut promos on myself. You know what I mean? I, uh, I, I got the itch, brother. You know? Yeah. So I didn't see what you did in uh, AEW and Denver because they were in Denver the week before uh, they came to Salt Lake. So yeah. what did you, what was your extra work there? Because I didn't catch so, that. So uh, there was Jake Hager and um, Proud and Powerful, and they were sitting in the crowd with their mm. mask or whatever. Like um, they were going to attack Dean Ambrose as soon as he gets down to the, uh, the stairs. Right. So we had to do. Um, it was me, Billy Gunn's son, Austin Gunn, and another a guy from Colorado. We sat in those chairs as fans and um we we were told to sit there the whole night and watch the show you know and as soon as you know we get that tap on the shoulder we're good they're gonna switch us out because when dean ambrose comes the fans are gonna be like wait what the hell like these jake hager and proud and powerful are sitting right here when did they get here as far as we know there was three little midgets sitting in a chair right <laughs> who the hell are these guys and <laughs> they switched us out Dean Ambrose came in and they attacked Dean Ambrose there. So that was oh, our, I gotcha. That was our little spot, which we really didn't do nothing. We were just fans for the night. And we were told anytime, you know, cameras on you, cheer, be a fan, you know. And of course I was upset, you know, because I'm like, no, then I, I want to wrestle. Like this is this is what I want to do. But um, no one knew I was there. You know, the camera didn't even get us. Uh I, I had to wear a, a mask for I don't even know how long those shows are, an hour or two. Um, it was hot. Though that mask was, I was sweating. Me and yeah. me and Austin Gunn were just taking selfies the whole time and on our social media and just kind of ribbing each other and talking to each other and stuff like that. And when it was time to go, we were, we just went and Jake Hager and Proud and Powerful were teas and all them. They just did their stuff. So it was fun. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, I remember that spot. I didn't. I didn't realize that they had had you guys hold those seats the entire time. Yeah, dress dress just know, like them. Yeah. The camera didn't even get our faces in it, so it was, like, pointless. But I was like, hey, I get to watch a free show under a mask for the first time, so this, this is okay, you know? Hey, yeah. I made my money, got the experience, got the contacts, networked. I'm happy. I, I got to say I work for AEW. Hey. Yeah. You know what? what's uh, cool about them, and, and uh, you know, it's unfortunate that the May stuff got canceled, but they seem to feature a lot of local talent. Um, like AEW Dark and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, um, there was a couple people from Colorado. Like, there's some people on there now. 
And so it's it's kind of like you said, like that could have been, and not saying it's it's not going to happen in the future, but that could be a big break. It could have been me. Yeah, definitely <laughs> could have been me. But yeah, it's it's awesome because WWE, you know, they were doing a little bit of that. You'd see like one of your friends or some local wrestler that you went to see. You'd be like, hey, I know that guy or whatever. And then, you know, AEW was like, you know, doing that on a regular basis where they could make stars and these local guys would get their ass whooped, you know what I mean, and make a guy look bigger than he is. And now WWE is doing the same thing, as you can see, you know, with all without the crowd, they're bringing in these local guys to make their guys look big and, and strong. And, man, if anybody can do that and make you look like a million bucks, I'm that guy. So, you know, any spot I see, I'm like, I could have done it better than that guy. <laughs> should have hired me oh man i should have tripped him when the bear was chasing us you know that that's that's all i think but i'm happy for him <laughs> yeah so what dates do you have right now that haven't been canceled well man uh so far i have two or three dates right now one in cannon city colorado is that even a real city i never heard of it um i'll find out when i go uh, one in Cannon City, Colorado, one in El Paso, Texas. The other one got canceled this morning, by the way. Mm, breaking news, show canceled. Uh, and then I, I'm in talks with something going down in San Diego, but as you know, it's been, you know, it's been hell. It's, it's nothing I can do about that, you know. So right now, let's just say I have two bookings that aren't canceled, uh, El Paso and Cannon City, Colorado. But dude, Anything could happen right now. I'm just waiting for the call. As soon as I get off this little interview with you guys, I'm guaranteed something's going to be like, oh, the, the band or the, you know, whatever just got extended a little more, you know, so I hope. Yeah, because I need I need I need to wrestle, man. I need to do something. I need to put on spandex and not just for nothing, not just to walk around in my house in spandex for nothing. I need to wrestle. So what are you doing other than because you've been on a couple podcasts just this week? What are you doing other than than uh Cause you're, you're keeping your brand alive and I like that, you know, you're, you're reaching out, you're, you're keeping interest in yourself, but what else are you doing to kind of pass the time and, and, uh, keep yourself ready for when the band does lift? Man. Um, so good thing that you guys are, are, are noticing that I always like to send little public messages out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that. And I, I tell wrestlers just because we're, unable to perform and do what we want outside of the states and in whatever you know we're not doing we're not able to do anything with wrestling doesn't mean you die along with that coronavirus you're a wrestler you got to keep your brand alive you got to keep these promoters they're on they're looking they're watching everybody is bored right now right they're tired of watching they watched all their shows on netflix they watched all their dvds they spent the time with their kids their family their wives they need their time apart so what are they doing? They're, they're online. They're watching. And there's nothing to look at. There's nothing to post. Nobody has anything. But Gino Rivera does. I'm smart. And I know, hey, what are people doing right now? They're all over social media waiting for people to talk about, oh, the, the coronavirus ban is lifted and we can go back to being normal. But instead, I want to distract you with a promo or you know, uh, some merch or a match or a, a post about this and pictures and podcasts. I want people to know me and see me, you know what I mean? And, and either become a fan or, or come to a show and see what all the hype is about. 
And I tell wrestlers that all the time. I tell my students, you've got to create content. Content is king, man. If you don't, if you're a wrestler and you disappear for seven months, out of sight, out of mind, people forget you. But if they see you every single day promoting yourself, oh, this guy got new gear. Oh, this guy got new boots. Oh, this guy's on a radio show. Oh, this guy, wow, this guy's on a podcast. I listen to that podcast. Oh, this guy's got a new shirt. Oh, this guy's doing something nice. Oh, he has a cool match. I haven't seen this match before. That is what it's all about. And that's why I constantly stay alive. I'm fighting. I'm fighting this coronavirus with you guys. But I'm doing it in a different way to extend my brand and make sure people know Gino Rivera is a freaking hustler. You know what I mean? That's, that's pretty much what it is, man. I hustle. Yeah, just speaking of that, so one of the most recent things I seen you do was the the Don't Rush Challenge. Uh, R3 put it out, and so as I'm going through that, I'm seeing all these people I know. Like, R obviously, R3 starts it out, and then it gets to you, and like you had probably one of the the best ones in the thing, and that's pretty. <laughs> That's got a lot of great West Coast talent on it as well. So Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to be different. I knew everybody was going to wake up out of nowhere or, you know, do some, oh, I'm watching wrestling. Oh, now I'm going to turn into a wrestler. I was like, let me get, you know, one of my daughter's uh, baby, big baby dolls. And it's something that you wouldn't expect me to do. You probably would expect me to be in a ring training or on a microphone or whatever. No, I was like, let me. Let me let me make people rewind what they just saw because that's not what they see. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I live a private life, uh, um, and me see Gino Rivera holding a baby. Was that a real baby or a baby doll? Why the hell would he have a baby doll in his house? Does he does he have kids? Does he, what the hell? I wanted to freak their or, or trip their mind out, and then rewind a few times, and it, it worked because a lot of people loved it. You know, people were like. That was that was pretty cool. That was different. You know what I mean? So yeah. that was success. Thank you so much, R3. He asked me to be a part of that. And I was like, I hate TikTok. I will never get a TikTok account. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I'll download all these other apps to make that for you. But I will not download TikTok because I don't want to I don't want to fall into that trend. I hate TikTok. Right. Anytime I see somebody with a TikTok little video, I scroll because I'm like, nope, I don't want to see it. Oh, and I hope people don't do that to my promos, but uh, I do it to your TikToks. So, yeah. yeah. Well, See, just... I'm the same way, and I tell Cody because he's like, "We should get a TikTok," and I'm like, no. "Dude, no, <laughs> no, no, don't, don't." Little, little does Leo know we have a TikTok. There's oh, just nothing God. on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, and I thought about it. I was like, "Okay, you got to be hip. You got to extend your brand. You have to make a TikTok. People are making money. People are getting followers." And I'm like. Yeah, but this is a trend. It'll be gone in six months. You know what I mean? I don't know if I want to do that. And uh, I like dancing. I like singing. I'm a very good singer. I'm a very, yeah. I'm a, I can rap. I produce. I songwrite. I have 11 music videos. I have 19 uh, mixtape albums. Um, I do music. It's just, I don't want to, I don't want to do it on TikTok. You know what I mean? I like performing. I'm a live performer. Yeah. TikTok is the same thing, I guess, but it's just something about TikTok that I just don't like. It's for children. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's for kids to me. And yeah. I'm 32 years old. I do not need a TikTok. I'm good. <laughs> so you don't have a TikTok. We've made that clear. But can you let <laughs> can you let our listeners know where they can get a hold of you as far as social media goes? Yes, yes. You guys can find me on all social media platforms except TikTok. Uh, <laughs> I have Instagram where you can find me at Gino Told You So. Uh, Facebook at Gino Told You So. Twitter 
at Gino told you so. You can find me in my merch on Pro Wrestling Tees. And here's a catch, guys. If you buy anything from my, merchants, my merchandise store, um, besides Pro Wrestling Tees, any of the proceeds, the funds, the money goes to a wrestler of my choosing with proof. And I'm helping them get through this time. So the money doesn't go to me. The money will go to a guy in need. And I provide you the receipt and the DM showing you I, I, I gave your money to this guy who needed it. Because um, I don't. You know what I mean? I've been blessed. I'm an essential person. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> um, I've been very blessed where I don't have to worry about um, that kind of stuff. And wish I could do wrestling full time. But everything I have in life is because of you know the choices I've made. And apparently, I guess the government says I'm essential. So like I said, I'm very blessed. Um, but you can definitely uh, check out my Pro Wrestling Tea store, my Off the Ropes online uh, wrestling school. Um, definitely shout out to Santino Bros where you can find my profiles, my early videos, my YouTube channel. Just type in uh, Gino Rivera, Gino Told You So, Puerto Rican wrestler, and videos will freaking find you and you know, all kinds of weirdness. So you can definitely find me on all social media platforms there. Thank you. Yeah, you're you're very active. And like I said, that to me, that's smart and that's great. And I see it like you're just growing your brand and, yeah. you know, you, you brought us into it. And so... We'll do what we can to share your stuff too. Definitely, man. I really appreciate the help. And yeah, guys, just so you just so you know, you were on our uh, you were on our list before you even said that. Hey, guys, I'm willing to do podcasts and everything. Like, I uh, I tend to write down a list of people that I want to reach out to, and yeah. I won't put you in the place that you were at, but you were definitely on the list. So yeah, you were going to get contacted whether you wanted to or not. All right. Dude. <laughs> I love that. dude. And a lot of people are just, you know, you won't get something unless you ask. And I've learned that in life, man, if a closed mouth doesn't get fed. And there are a lot of guys just like me that are dying to talk. Like I leave no dead air. I will talk you to death. If you really want me to, there will be a skull and bones that by the end of this interview, if I keep you up for another four or five hours, but um, like if you, if you guys don't ask, there are there are opportunities people will miss. You know what I mean? Same with me. Like if I didn't ask to have this person's contact to get to the WWE, I would have never made it to 205 Live. You know, same with the AEW. Same with just David Marquez meeting him and finding a school and wrestling and just anything. So I would encourage people if you want something, just ask. You know what I mean? I, I love talking. I was on there. I was on your guys' list, man. You guys asked, and I was like, "Let's do it." You know what I mean? Because <laughs> so, there's guys like that want to talk and want to do podcasts. You just don't know where to go. So, fortunately for me, I'm with a big flyer going, "Hey, look at me, somebody! <laughs> you know, put me on your podcast. I want to talk. I'll, you know, bored? Help me!" So. It's smart, man. I gotta tell you, it's smart. And uh, you know, we're we're getting ready to wrap it up, but before we do. We're going to release this on your birthday. So happy birthday, man. How do you get? Oh, okay. Yeah, my birthday is April 25th. So uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, hopefully, I'll have a special video for everybody that everybody can tune into. Somebody might smash a cake in my face. I might smash my cake in somebody else's face. I don't know. But I'm very excited and happy to uh, be able to live another year, man. And I'm in my 30s now, and I still feel like I'm 12, but... I don't know, man. I'm just so grateful for everything, and I'm grateful for you guys and giving me the opportunity and platform to just run my mouth a little bit. You know what I mean? So thank you guys. 
very, very much, guys. Oh, open invite anytime you want it. You, oh, you know say, how to contact. Don't you say that, because, dude, uh, <laughs> if you call me, I will answer. I'll be like, hello? You want to talk? Sure. <laughs> Why not? Let's talk. Hey. You know what I mean? I've already done, I think, four or five podcasts this week, and it's only Thursday. I got two more. One tomorrow and one on Sunday. So this tells you guys, dude, I, I love talking. I love podcasting. I have tons of stories and just... You know, everybody's getting different stories, exclusive stuff for their podcast. So I'm, I'm yeah. definitely happy about that. Yeah, man. Well, we, we appreciate you taking the time. It, it's been fun. And like I, like Cody said, you know, hopefully we get to talk again. Yes, yes. Please, let's do it. There got to be a part two, part three, part four, maybe part six. I don't know. We got to keep it going like the Fast and Furious. <laughs> That's right. All right, man. You You take it easy. You handle this corona. Keep grinding. I will, man. All right, guys. One love. Stay safe, stay healthy, healthy, and God bless. That was the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. Did you like it? Tell a friend. Give them a like. Give them a subscribe. And come back next time. We'll see you here for the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast.